Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster who, uh, you know, w- wants to help. I, I don't know what else to say, patrons. You help me, I help you. Really, it doesn't get more beautiful th- th- than that. It's like uh, really what it's all about. I, I can't believe it. I'm really honored to be able to tell you bedtime stories and that you make it possible. And let other, pay, if, you, if you're in a situation, let other patrons know about these secret messages because they think sometimes people miss out on these. They don't know I'm talking right to you. Uh, my, you know, let the, my second favorite patron know about it because you're my favorite, right? Am I right? Okay, yeah, because I know exactly how to adjust the bottom of your bed here. The, yeah, you went the comforter there. Okay, then that, okay. Got it. Uh, all right, thanks, patrons. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside... Uh, whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts you're thinking about, uh, uh, so, you know, things on your mind, or more, you know, it, uh, that's one thing I do. Uh, thoughts, feelings, uh, like like emotions, physical sensations, uh, waking up, uh, like uh, maybe I, will, I, don't, I don't like to go too deep into my, you know, I don't want to make this about me because I'm here to put you to sleep. But I, I just sometimes I like to know, like you to know, that I can relate. Uh, so, you know, waking up uh, repeatedly uh, over and over again. Thanks, uh, thanks, sand person for shutting out. You know, what? I don't know what kind of sand you dusted on me last night, but... Also, you know, anyway, so, so thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, changes in schedule, routine, whatever it is that's keeping me awake, travel, other people traveling, anticipation, work schedules, you know, life stuff, uh, whatever it is, I'm here to help. Uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to create a safe place where you could set all that aside. I got to here, set aside, plenty of room. In a safe place that uh, you have earned and deserved already, and it's only my job to kind of make it, a, a you know, say, hey, we'll check this safe place out. It's kind of like an open house. You say, come on in, look around. Uh, it, oh, yeah, believe me, we've got everything. You, you, you could just kind of do it at your own pace uh, and check it out. Uh, it is linear. So... I don't know what that means for an open house of a safe place, but come check it out. Look in from the outside, see what you think. I mean, that's one thing I don't do. I almost went into an open house the other day because I think I was on a run. I was, it was a condo. I'm not in the, in the market for a condo, but it was like where I run every Sunday. I run past it. And this one Sunday just happened to be the open house uh, or the open. I don't know what you call it when it's a condo. I think it's still an open house. One, and you might be skeptical if you're new, you might, I guess you're right, I should go back to this, but I'm already in this tangent and you're there. Also, I don't run, I jog, just in case you see me running fast. No, I'm moving at a pace, a walking-like pace, uh, 
But so the first thing I thought when I ran by the first time is, uh, huh. Then another part of me said, open house, really? Is it like, is it invite only? And then I was thinking, hmm, just like to see what it, like the layout is. I said, how many rooms, you know, it's tough for me to estimate from the outside, especially, I don't know what the difference between a condo or split level or townhouse, any of those things are, but this was like in a row of connected units or something, but we each had its own entrance. And so I said, well, how many, you know, how many, I just wondered how many rooms were in there. And then I was like, I live in the Bay Area. So I said, well, that'll be good for, uh, I don't know if it's called a laugh when they say, well, how much are you asking for this thing? Oh, 45 square feet, eh? Uh, but so, I don't know. But then my brain said, no, no, they're going to be asking too many questions. And then they said, okay, you're probably right. They're going to want to know what I'm there for. Uh, Look around. It's open business. I'm not. Don't worry. I won't. I'm not here for the snacks. I'm just here to look around and check this safe place out. If that's how you're thinking it now, and you're saying I'm skeptical about this open house, what if I was just to do that? They say, "Well, I'm here testing out the openness of your open house." Uh, they say, "Well, really, it's to try to sell the condo." And they say, yeah, but I'm just trying to get a feel for your style of open. You say, well, my favorite realtor, yeah, my favorite realtor is Tisha Smith. Uh, she does the best. Her open houses are totally open. If you feel like uh, her open houses feel like a safe place where I could just look. I don't even need, you know, I just go there one day if I, that. so that would be, what was my point? Oh, let me, uh. I'm in the middle of an early intro. This might be one of our earliest tangents if you're new. So don't worry. I'll get back to the like where I'm supposed to be. But I, I guess I just had this. So I kept running. And then I said, well, it'd be interesting. You know, this little kid part. And here's the spoiler. I didn't go in. Just a relief. Anybody that wants to fall asleep, he say, Scoots, I couldn't possibly fall asleep. Unless I heard if you went into this open house. Uh, and I say, well, I wish I, you know, maybe if I, but I didn't. So, but I did say to myself, I almost went in because I said, what could be a better deflection of, co- like, the truth in this case would have been a great deflection if they wanted to ask me questions about why I'm there, if I'm in the market for uh, whatever the thing is called, a condo, townhouse, or thing, you know, then being like a, on the tail end of a jog run and a pretty long one. So I had looked pretty, pretty, uh, I said, you said, well, no, I'm just, I just saw it. I was running by and I figured I'd run right, walk right in here. Uh, you know, you don't run your houses like Tisha does no offense, but, uh, this is pretty, cause she doesn't ask me any questions. She just smiles and nods like a welcoming nod. Okay, but uh, so, yeah, no, I'm just here. I was just here to look. I'm just curious. Uh, so if you're here, just curious. Uh, okay, so I'm trying to create a safe place with that type of feel where you just say, hmm, I'm going to come in and check this out under no pressure. That's one. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use the lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. Holy cow, you just, was that a superfluous tangent or what? 
And I tried to reel it in a few times there because I said, well, what about, uh, there was other stuff I could, so superfluous tangents, I'm going to go off topic, but here, I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff as you drift off. So structurally what to expect a little late for this because of that, uh, lovely tangent, uh, which works because they say, well, that's my whole job is to earn your, to have you check this safe place out and see if it works for you. Uh, but so structurally, what to expect show starts off with, you know, a little greeting friends beyond the binary. Then there's business. That's essentially keeping the podcast free for everybody. I do, do not want the podcast behind a paywall and the sponsors and the patrons enable us to do that. So thanks. It's, and that's a cool thing is just a, f- a small percentage of those of you that take action, support that for free, for free for everybody else. So, so that's wonderful. So that's the beginning of the show. Then there's an intro, which sometimes people get the business, which is about four minutes mixed up with the intro. If you're you're new, which is understandable. But the intro is like 14 to 18 minutes of me kind of talking about nothing. If you're new, I mean, don't worry, regular listeners. I know the intros are important and that you love them. But for a new person, you say, what are you you just talking about an open house? uh, they're not, even, they're, you know, they're not called that anymore. And they say, oh, okay, what are they? A real estate uh, buying opportunity is what they're called. Now. Oh, I say, oh, okay, well, count me out then forever of those. Uh, expression of uh, purchase interest, uh, EP, EPI. They say, okay, count me out of those too. I'll stick with my imaginary realtor, Tisha, uh, because she, she just, she, there, there's no pressure on her end. Uh, so, okay, so uh, where was I? Oh, so that's what the intro is kind of uh, to, to do that, to say, if you're new, that you feel welcome, you kind of get the feel for the show, which is goofy, nonsensical, uh, but friendly and caring uh, is what I hope I get across, because I do care, you know, I'm trying to be friendly, but I'm also a bit of a goofball. And then as you become a regular listener, you could kind of figure out how the intro is going to work for you. There's a small percentage of people that skip ahead to 18 or 20 minutes to get to the, uh, the, uh, the next section of the show, which tonight will be talking about the good place, uh, episode season four, episode two. So that'll be good. Uh, then, uh, so, so, uh, oh, so there's a small percentage of people that skip ahead to that part, but a lot of people use it as part of their wind down. That's also why the intro is 12 to 14 to 18 to 17 to 16 to 15 to 13 minutes is because then you can ease into bedtime. You could either get ready for bed. You could be in bed unwinding. You could be doing something else and listening, or you could just be getting comfortable or pet, you know, as I always recommend petting your pets. You know, or doing some self-soothing, you know, like uh, whether it's hand clasping, pillow puffing, uh, day, you know, not like having me on playing and then daydreaming, you know, whatever it is. Uh, so the intro could be kind of, you kind of see how it goes. I guess that's it. Some people fall asleep during the intro. Some, some regular listeners fall asleep real fast. Uh, so kind of see how it goes. Then there, So that's the intro. Then there's business between the intro and the show, the story part or the TV show part tonight. Uh, then I'll talk about The Good Place. It really will be like a, just a meandering recap of uh, episode two and some stuff that came up. 
Uh, then the show has some thank yous at the end. So it's structurally what to expect. The other things to know is uh, there's no pressure for you to listen to me or to fall asleep. Uh, my job is to keep you company as you drift off. But the reason the shows are an hour is if you can't sleep, uh, or if you're like me last night, uh, bafflingly, whatever my subconscious was processing, uh, it, it was doing some heavy lifting. Even though I was like, what do, what do you do? Like, you're doing some serious, like, it was layering thing, unrelated things. Uh, I don't know if you ever had, it's pretty uh, vague description, but it was like, okay, this thing went on today, this thing and this thing. And so it was doing some heavy lifting. So no, you know, maybe tonight I'll try to go to bed earlier or something. But it got in the way of me being restful and sleepy. I said, okay, probably some sort of necessary processing. And it was not anything stressful, but somehow the layering and processing, I don't know. You know, what am I? I just tell the bedtime stories. I'm just a person who can't has trouble falling asleep and staying asleep and getting to sleep. Uh, so I guess that's the thing. If you can't sleep, I'm there for you till the very end. Because I'd love to help you fall asleep or I'd love to keep you company because I've been there. I truly do believe you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, and I'd like to relieve you or offer you some sort of uh, reverse of the bedtime dread. Because I've been there. As soon as last night I've been there or today where I kind of not rested. I know how that feels too. And so I want to help. Now the other side of it is the podcast does not work for everybody. And some people find they react to it very strongly. And uh, so you could check out if if you're feeling that way. Give it a few tries, honestly. Uh, or check out sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. Though most of the people that check that out are fans of the show. But, but uh, you know, if you're not a fan of the show, you could check it out as well. Yeah, because there's other sleep podcasts and sleepy stuff on there. Uh, but I really hope I can help. So, so give it a few tries. See how it goes. Because uh, that's just what most listeners and reviewers say. So I'm glad you're here. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive. And I really hope tonight I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep this podcast free for everybody. All right, my Soul Squad fans, or Soul Squad super fans, it's uh, holy shirt balls. Is it time for another episode of The Good Place? The Good Place to Sleep in this case. And uh, it's just season four, episode two, a girl uh, from Arizona. And I think I put a girl from Phoenix, Arizona, part two. And it made me think about Arizona iced tea. Uh, I don't know if that, I don't think that was mentioned. And uh, then. What does this say? Lost Live Linda Shirtless Cheedy. Okay, last time on the episode. That's what that, I'm just going through my notes, then I'm going to play the episode. And we'll kind of flip-flop back and forth. Uh, last time, uh, they showed the shirtless dude. I think, did I ever remember his name? Aaron Rodgers is the name of the quarterback. Uh, Usually has a beard though, where this uh, the shirtless man, and I'm not even positive it's a shirtless mailman from season one, though I suspect it is. He was undercover as uh, Linda. Oh yeah, that's what this is. Last time, Linda, shirtless dude, cheaty. Uh, then we're at Mindy's, uh, and here's an important question, at least to me. It says, "Why is a bad place doing something so obvious?" Uh, 
And is this a hint uh, or not? I know nothing, just so you know. But I said, huh, oh, boy. Uh, Michael says they're desperate, that's why. And then Michael says, good news, we can get rid of Linda and put Cheedy on the um, the other emoji board. I think the blowing heart kiss emoji, we'll see in a second when I play the episode. He's still using this team leader um, verbiage, great news team leader. Uh, super cool, actually. Oh, then uh, Eleanor talks about, because uh, they say, well, geez, okay, well, we got to use Cheedy. Uh, to get Simone, we got to work on Simone via Chidi. Uh, and uh, she says, geez, well, this is going to be manipulating my ex, uh, which normally I didn't enjoy. Uh, but uh, I guess uh, uh, that's what we're going to have to do. Uh, then they talk about, uh, like, like, dude, uh, how did I forget his name? I want to call him, it's not Derek. Uh, I've got to look through my notes here. The dude in the the polo, polo dude, uh, Mr. Mr. Splaining, uh, Brett. Is that his name? Is that right? I mean, he does a Brett or Brent. He does sound. He seems more like a Brent, but uh, I think he's a Brett. Actually, the one Brett. I'm trying to think of any Bretts I've really known well, and the one that I actually knew well, most well, was in my. Uh, like, uh, school days. And he was like, uh, he, he was very, uh, he was like the most charismatic person I ever knew. Not a splainer. Uh, hopefully he didn't become one. I don't know if he wore a lot of polos, but really, really a charming and very kind, uh, and generous person. Anyway, I think that's his name, Brett. He was born on third base. Uh, thinks he invented baseball. I liked that line. Uh, holy peacocks. Okay, so previously on The Good Place, we see Linda, we see Eleanor, we see Michael, we see Eleanor remove the suit. Again, we know there's a Michael suit out there, but we don't know if it's in play. Uh, we see Michael clap, and now we're at Mindy's. The obelisk is there. Oh, here's this. This is interesting. So I didn't notice this. This is why we replay these things. Uh, so, uh, uh, Tahani's at the breakfast bar reading a magazine. I didn't know they had magazines up there. Uh, Eleanor's on the couch thinking. They're moving Cheaty over. Oh, the emoji is not blowing a kiss. It's blowing a party uh, thingamajig that goes. Not a party streamer. What are those things called? Uh, those things have a name. You, like, buy it in a pack. It makes a... Could, could, could sound like that cuckoo, whoop, whoopee, and it blows out a, I, why can't I think of the names of those things? Uh, party blower, personal noise streamer. How come those, like, do those get used on New Year's Eve? Uh, probably not. Probably, I think those are just for birthdays or in this, because this one has a birthday hat too. Oh, here's the good news. His name is Brent Norwalk. Uh, so they're talking about him. Everybody's thinking, I got it on mute. That's why you say, Scoots, what are you talking about? Eleanor's arms are crossed, if anybody's wondering. Michael is really good at acting when, when there's, like, uh, makes it even better. Now we get the green good place. Uh, chapter 41. And now an episode of That Was Your Life. Uh, so let's go to the next page of my notes. So first, uh, oh, first, uh, there's some more notes. Uh, the, the, if he could listen to others, uh, 
and see how much better they they are than him, he would realize he doesn't belong and then maybe have some teary poos, uh, Eleanor says, which would be nice. So they set up this, uh, t- so then the show opens, and they set up this TV show, kind of like a talk show, and I'm looking at a wide shot of it. really wish I could have like uh, seen this set up, and uh, I'm guessing this is universal. Uh, that was your life is the name of it. it has, they have laughter and applause signs, some circles. I don't know if those are lights or just to add a sense of uh, like uh, containment. The audience is in lovely-looking black uh, chairs. I don't know if they're office chairs. I think, no, they're theater chairs. They look very, very comfortable. Uh, the floor, there's a rug with the risers because they're on stage, blue. Eleanor's at a desk, just like she's a late-night talk show host. She has blue cards. Uh, she's talking to a woman, we'll get to that, uh, who's next to her desk in a chair. Her hands are in her lap. She may have a cardigan on. And uh, she's talking. Then there's a table with three mugs on it. Uh, then there's a c- c- couch, which is like, a, I guess, aquamarine. I don't know if it's teal or, you know, I wish I had more uh, words in my brain, but I don't. And Chidi's on the couch. His legs are crossed. He's got a sweater vest on. His ch- his chin, one of his arms is on an armrest of the couch or sofa, if you prefer. And he's looking thoughtfully. Brent is on the other end. I don't think he has socks on. And he's looking down. He's not paying attention. That was your life. And the dialogue kind of goes, anyway, long story short, uh, there's still ducks. Uh, They saved all the ducks in the world. Uh, Chidi sighs. There's an applause. Or maybe she sighs. And they say, Chidi, you know, uh, he gets introduced. He goes, she's well, hold on. Like, literally, you saved uh, every duck in the world. And she goes, in essence, I did, which I didn't quite understand. Uh, and then he says, geez, well, now I feel a little. Oh, and then she goes, also horses. I saved all the horses in the world. So Chidi goes, uh-huh, I feel a little inadequate here. Uh, we also hear a laugh track, which is fun. You know, that's always funny. Uh, Jason, oh, then Jason pitches Michael on the crazy idea to have, uh, a hundred Janet babies do, uh, a flash mob. It'd be chaos. Yeah. I'll, I'll run through my notes. I'm running through my notes here. Then Jason, 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 which I paused and rewind, rewound so I could count how many times it was. And then Michael said, I learned like some at some point if I say that five times or I said it, uh, it would make my headache go away. And then Michael's a little stern. Like I feel like Jason's getting kind of the short end of the stick this episode. He goes, "Dude, you got no control over your impulses. Uh, that's why we made you a monk because uh, we knew it'd be hard for you to be quiet and not do anything. Uh, just give Janet some space uh, and show her you can control your impulses." And then uh, Jason has this lucid, lucid moment. He says, so you're saying wanting to do something isn't a good reason to do it. And Michael's very happy, so happy he touches Jason's face. So this may be a sign that we don't have to worry about Michael. Because in this scene, I mean, unless like the good, I mean, I guess because the good place writing's so good, they could figure out a way to do this uh, where it's like... Uh, 
you know, I don't know. So, so like, but he touches his face. He seems uh, very happy. Uh, and then I think Jason says something like, I wish, I wish someone taught me that on Earth, back when I was on Earth. Uh, then we go back to the show. Uh, Brent's like, uh, he says, sure, I'm pretty interesting. Uh, it's born, he, he has, he's like a very, uh, he goes, I'm from Chicago, suburb, of course. I said, Brent, you make me ill. They said, I've been running my family business for 18 years. I brought it from a $90 million company to a $94 million company, which I think is not good because within 18 years, the, um, what do you call that stuff that just goes up? Inflation is more than that. Like every year, if it was 1%, uh, that would be, if it was 100 million, it'd be a million a year. So it'd be 18 mil. Uh, and it's not 1%. I think it's higher. So uh, Janet, uh, oh, he calls Janet, has her bring, her, bring him a Perrier. Uh, something. Uh, oh, he goes on. He has to mansplain uh, a few things. Uh, something says next eight at thirty-eight dollars. I don't know what that means. He misquotes MLK Jr. Ian Eleanor, I think. Uh, because that's what, and that's what he talks about personal response. He just goes uh, personal responsibility. That's what's wrong with this country. Uh, uh, and then he goes, oh, daddy's got a tea time. No golfy. Daddy gets grouchy. And then an SUV pulls up. Uh, he says, Chad, duck lady, uh, see you later. Which is also kind of like an SUV limo. Uh, what does that say? Pinata. I don't know what that means. Uh, metaphorically, another bad place. Uh, standing Michael. Oh, no face. Okay, and then, uh, okay, so this is their, their, uh, their plan. And then the beginning beats of 25 or 624 or the riffs that happen. So let's look at, uh, on mute. I noticed Chidi's really got a nice sweater vest. His sweater vest go. It's a gray one with a blue and lighter gray stripes, uh, kind of like in a, a few different patterns. Really, I mean, a smart, I don't, like, I just say actually fashionable. Brent has his Norwalk Industry polo on. Jason is dressed as Gianu. Michael's in a gray suit. A blue pinstripe Oxford-type shirt. Uh, it seemed similar bow ties before, like a navy. And then a, a nice pocket square, multicolors. Uh, Whoa, whoa, oh boy, I just saw a jetpack. Uh, maybe, holy, I, I guess I got to see what the name of this restaurant is, because I'm um, jetpack. Uh, I'm going to have to rewind it a few times here to see. So, yeah, I'm here live with you trying to read a sign behind Michael that has jetpack in it. Uh, still, your credits are still rolling. Michael's thinking... Uh, jetpack, uh, yeah, I don't see the full sign. Jetpack in is, uh, the letter N is in quotes, but like jetpack and, jetpack and, jetpack and, it's probably some joke like that. Jetpack and, but I don't know what food that would be. Uh, jetpack and cakes, maybe. So let's see, Michael's still talking. Is Jason? 
He's making his point. Come on, dude. Uh, really, like, uh, you think Ted, I mean, Ted Danson has been in so many reinventions of, uh, uh, like, remember, yeah, I, oh, I guess I can't even say some of the shows that uh, I'm thinking of. Uh, well, now we see the railway station. Tehani comes up. Showtime. Oh, she says showtime. Now Brent's getting called up. They even have this. That was your life of uh, coffee mugs. Uh, and Brent has a watch on. Uh, silver watch, blue face. Maybe no gold watch, of course. He has boat shoes. Are, are those boat shoes? I think that's what they're called. Uh, and no socks on. He's got, uh, I wouldn't say good hair, but I would say pretty quality hair. Or better, I mean, better hair than I. Oh, Chidi's thinking, that's good, when the Perrier shows up. Rents is still expounding on his uh, brilliance, uh, his stable genius, as they say. Uh, yeah, he's uh, holding his hand to his heart as he falsely quotes him. Okay, Eleanor's jaws like... Uh, just staring, mouth open. Uh, let's see. We're looking at the backdrop. Uh, his legs are crossed, which I think is kind of a standard look. There's also a bowl of, like, nuts or something on the table in addition to the mugs. Oh, jetpacks and such. There we go. We saw it when the SUV pulled up. Jetpacks and such. Jetpacks and such. Uh, jetpacks and such. Jetpacks and such. I don't know. I guess, uh, I don't know if it's a pun or just where you get your jetpacks. Now Eleanor and Michael are kind of saying, Brent's hopeless. Uh, what are we going to do here? And then Eleanor gets an idea. Michael says, oh, no, no, no. Uh, no, no. And she goes, this is the only move we got, man. Let's do it. Uh, so let's see. Is that what he says? Oh, yeah, Michael, oh, no face. Uh, Another blood, she goes, geez, let's uh, try like uh, another bad place plan that worked on me. And this is one of these songs that, for me at least, uh, like it was a little bit before my time. So I always hear it and then I'm like, who sings this? Uh, but I did look it up for this episode. Uh, and I think I had known it, like in the maybe because it was on another episode and I had to look it up. Uh, and the actual name of the episode is 25 or 624. 25, the number, or O-R, 6, the number, T-O, uh, 4, the number. Uh, I don't know if this is the right move, uh, but it's our only move, is what Eleanor says, uh, as a riff start. Uh, then we have uh, Giant, uh, Princeton Tiger, Orange, uh, Puffy, Puffy Clouds, uh, Brent, uh, uh, everyone is in orange and black because before they were in Michigan PJs, uh, gold, blue and gold. I think that was a Michigan blue and gold. And uh, now they're in orange and black PJs, which are the Princeton colors, or maybe I think orange and black. It could be orange and a dark, dark navy. Uh, Perrier rain, giant golf balls. Everyone's running around. Uh, Simone and Simone's not though. She's chilling with her coffee. SUVs everywhere. Uh, Brent grabs Michael and Eleanor. He goes, this is all about me. It don't belong here. Uh, and then it goes, and it, like, it's, it's, uh, well, let's go through that, and then we'll go to the next short scene. Princeton, oh, giant Princeton flag. I think the, they're holding it. Oh, Brent's in, a, uh, Brent's in like, a, 
a robe, maybe a Princeton bathrobe and uh, dad pajamas. I don't know how else to describe them. Maybe they're Titleist golf balls. I'm not sure. I, I think uh, there's Simone. She's just like, oh, well, golf ball rolls by her. Giant size golf ball. Also, there's like rose petals. It looks like raining. I don't know what that has to do with Brent. He says, okay, this doesn't belong to me. I don't belong here. I'm like, what do you mean you don't belong? He goes, uh, yeah, and then they think uh, they think they have him. He goes, it must be in the wrong place. I don't belong in the good place. Uh, oh, yeah, you got to watch this. The acting is so strong uh, by both uh, by both Chris, Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. So he says, I, I belong. There must be a better place. That's where I belong, or the best place. Michael turns away in this. Like, Eleanor has this unbelievable face. Uh, and Michael just turns away in this uh, just brilliant way. I mean, I, I'm not an actor, so I don't know if I could ever come up with a move like this. Uh, almost like a dance move of like, I can't believe this guy. Uh, they're also in um, orange. They're not PJs ends up. It's their three-piece, uh, four-piece suits. Uh, it cuts to an ad. Uh, then they cut back and Michael and Eleanor are like, what do you mean you, you don't belong here? Let's go through this. Also, there's a lot of flowers around them. Uh, uh, walk, oh, walk me through the sprint. Uh, he goes, well, if this is supposed to be the good place, uh, where's everybody that, all my crew that I used to hang with, uh, you know, he, he makes up all these nicknames. Where are my guys? He says, plus Janet's not wearing the gifts I've been giving her. And Mike goes, you've been asking her to make a clothing for herself that you give her as a gift, uh. And Eleanor goes, yep, you're doing the math right there. Uh, and then Brent says, uh, figure it out and get back to me or something. Uh, he goes, I belong in the best. He goes, there must be a best place. That's where I belong. Uh, so this is just like, uh, so, so funny. Uh, so, yeah, they're trying to play along with it without, like, their heads just splitting open and being like, holy fucking shirt balls, dude. You, you like, talk about uh in, in titled in yeah it's funny because brent like kind of is like the kind of person that you'd use the word s-n-o-f-l-a-k-e about other people but he kind of has that you know not to uh, i really like the really beautiful colors on all the um, buildings in the alley they're in it's still raining and people are still running around in the background too eleanor's like uh, oh goodness uh and we go back to mindy's a big meeting there. Uh, there was another painting, uh, possibly Madonna, in the background in Mindy's kind of like dining area. Uh, Michael says, uh, we need to talk about the team leader. Uh, or somebody, oh no, uh, Tahani says, Michael, we got to talk about the team leader. He goes, yeah, she's going to shower soon. And then uh, Janet says, no, it's not about that. Uh, it's uh, about her, like, kind of pro- progress. There hasn't been any progress. And uh, even Jason says, Eleanor's dope, but she keeps messing things up, and that's my thing. Uh, then Eleanor walks in. Uh, she goes, well, you're talking to change in leadership. They go, well, it's nothing personal. Uh, Janet says, there was, when we started, there was a 9% chance of success, not 7.1. You're poaching it. Uh, 
Eleanor calls them uh, ash faces, snork boxes, and grumps or something. And this is just one of the best uh, hidden jokes in here. Because uh, you're actually, I mean, especially when I watch this so many times. And I'm trying to write this stuff down. And then I'm thinking, and then Michael says it just under his breath. He goes, uh, which curses are those? Uh, he says it so quietly. Just another moment of uh, small brilliance. Uh, and it's just Michael's supposed to be in charge. Uh, or maybe like uh, maybe Tahani, Jason. Maybe Jason could save humanity with a Jacksonville uh, carnival. Uh, and Jason goes, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I just need a bouncy house, some stars from NINJAs. Uh, and uh, some uh, uh, vans for people. And then she says, uh, good luck, fork faces. Shells drop out. Okay, we're running through it here now. Michael's making his point. Uh, uh, Jason's kicked back on the couch. Uh, Tahani and uh, Janet are standing, but backs to the door. Uh, thoughtful, making their cases. Uh, yeah, what are we going to do about this? Uh, what do you think? Uh, Tahani's making the case. This scene did seem a little dissonant for me, uh, but I guess it makes sense again to push Eleanor over the top, or maybe it'll make sense later in the season. Actually, Jason's not on the couch. He's in one chair, but slumped. His legs are over the arms of the chair. Uh, Eleanor comes in, catches everybody talking about her. Uh, Jason stands up. Uh, Maybe that's when he says, that's kind of my thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's trying to smooth it over or tell the truth. Uh, now Janet's saying, yeah, two, 9% to 7.1%. Michael's kind of watching. Eleanor's frowning and looking down. Uh, Jason is holding his hands. Uh, uh, Eleanor's, uh, now Eleanor's calling them glom boxes or whatever, fork, fork zoomers. Uh, now she's pointing, yeah, good luck. You're supposed to be in charge, Michael. Much but uh, one of these other uh, snork butts. I think that's one of the, no, I guess it wouldn't be snork. It'd be snork something, though. Uh, now Jason's saying, okay, yeah, Jacksonville Carnival? Sure. Tahani sighed and rolled her eyes. Cell drops out. Uh, so, so that's the end of that scene. Then everybody's like, oh, boy, what are we going to do? Uh, then Eleanor's back, and um, that was your life set, which is a little deteriorated from, uh, there's even an SUV, uh, and like a pitcher of lemonade. Uh, it's not in great shape from the dream sequence. Yeah, she's on the couch. Uh, Michael says, you should get out of your system. Yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, but you, she goes, yeah, forget it. He goes, you don't get to quit this like your seventh grade band or uh, three hours into a two-week juice cleanse. There's also a lot of mist uh, going past the applause sign. Eleanor kind of vents uh, about why she's quitting. I'm not meant for this. Uh, can't save the universe. I'm just a girl from Arizona. And uh, that's it. Uh, like uh, a normal girl from Arizona. Uh, I did a ba bad job being in charge of my own life. How am I going to save everything? Michael looks on, then he sits down. Uh, he goes, geez, when I started my experiment, I thought I'd have four bird brains. Uh, and in three months, uh, you know, whatever you got, you got me. Then I, 800 more tries. Uh, 
uh, like you see, you see, human beings are weird. Uh, this job is for humans, uh, tough, empathetic, uh, something, something big headed, world class bullshit detector. You're the only one who could do this. Uh, and there's a slow zoom, which we'll probably go to, uh, like it or not. Uh, the only person that could save us is a girl from Arizona. You know, it's just, she's everything, uh, it always blows up in my, my, uh, my face. Uh, I'm like a, a hot, wily coyote, hot, blonde, wily coyote. Got to keep trying. Uh, it may be a thousand and once idea will work. Uh, and Michael goes, well, I hope you go take a shot. Oh, she's drinking a, she had a picture of margaritas. I just saw and she's drinking a margarita, but he goes, yeah, just shower first and then go meet me. And then there's an ad. Let's see. So they're, they're kind of just standing each on either side of the couch talking. Uh, Michael's just kind of silently looking at us. Yeah, Eleanor kind of vents. He's uh, nodding knowingly and in a caring way because uh, he cares. Yeah, he uh, he does care. Uh, let's see any other point, any other things. Uh, I'll just go back to my notes here. Then there's a night shot of the bridge. Uh, no, no. Oh, yeah, just a random night shot of the bridge. Then uh, uh, back in uh, the office, I think the good place office. Uh, back with B minus leadership. Uh, everybody says so sorry. I'm back, you know, back, baby. And uh, they say, geez, we got a new idea for Brent. Uh, People like him are never wrong, so let's tell him he's right. Uh, and this is another brilliant, att- at least a sh- attempt. Uh, and then they show Brent, he's at lunch or something, with a Bloody Mary, lobsters, cigars, sky blue polo. And uh, they basically explain to Brent, like, you're right, there is a good place, there is a best place, and you got to qualify for it. Uh, or they say, can you keep a secret? He goes, yeah, I'm a smart guy. I've uh, routinely uh, uh, something, HR. Uh, they say, yeah, there is a best place for the upper echelon, the something elite, uh, VIP. Uh, and uh, Brent goes, okay, so this is some kind of like big good deeds contest. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, they go, yeah, you got to do some uh, morally upstanding results or something like that. And Brent goes, mum's the word. So, yeah, let's see. So back in the live playthrough, Eleanor and uh, Michael are still talking. Michael actually has a different, he's got a nice navy suit on with like a real, like a kind of shinier, silkier, bigger uh, electric blue tie. I think his pocket square matches it. Uh, his suit may be che- like checkered a little bit or striped, uh, really sharp. He stands up, uh, go take a shower, by the way, he says. He buttons the suit coat. He walks off. Uh, you see Eleanor kind of sitting, looking around. She, smell- she smelled her pits. Uh, then the shot of the bridge, then Eleanor walking in. Now she's in a, a sweater. Uh, Michael's in the same suit as before. Tahan, everyone else is still dressed the same. And uh, she's saying, yeah, I got a new plan for Brent. Uh, well, it's, uh, tell him he's right. Uh, smiles. Now we have Brent eating his lobster. He may have another plate of food. Looks like he has sunglasses and car keys, too. 
Michael does the old touching of the nose to keep a secret symbol. Uh, they say, okay, Brent, there really is. A, he says, oh, don't worry. Uh, I know what I'm doing at Norwalk Materials. Uh, Brent's kind of pointing at everybody. Uh, Michael's saying, Brent's got a smug look on his face. It's like, oh, he's like, this is really good at mute because he's like, uh, he's less annoying on mute. Uh, he actually kind of looks like a happy-go-lucky a bonehead or something. But now he's thinking thoughtfully as he's listening to Michael. He actually talks less on mute. He says, oh, good deeds contest. Ha, ha, ha. Of course, I got this. Uh, because I don't want to tip off my competition, though. He picks up a fork that somebody dropped. And he goes, yeah, oh, yeah, look at that. Uh, Mum's the word. Then Jason's at a fountain waiting for Janet. Janet appears. He stands. He says, Did you say, I bought you these chocolates as a gift, uh, but then uh, I ate them all so I could describe you to him. And it's funny, another great joke at the beginning. And Janet goes, she said, now I need you to give me some space and I can't be in a relationship with right, right, right now. And this is something we've been waiting for. Uh, those of us that are in the know, at least. Uh, and uh, she goes, we got to take a break, basically. And Jason's kind of uh, down. Uh, but then it gets even higher because uh, she goes, also, I hate to break it to you, but uh, and she takes this big breath. Uh, and she goes, Jacksonville Jaguars Cup, like, Blake Bortles, uh, 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 obviously Jason's, uh, crestfallen, uh, you just wondered how they were going to do that. So, uh, then we see a sign for footlogger, uh, Brent opens the door uh, to yo- enjoy your yogurt, uh, uh, that says, if it says vest country, double question mark, lots of umbrellas, uh. Is that another store, Vest Country? Uh, there's lots of umbrellas. Eleanor and Michael are watching. Uh, and Michael says, she's the problem. Is this is we've given saddled them with a bad motivation. And Eleanor says, well, that's a, uh, that was my situation, too. So hopefully he starts doing good things out of, bad ha- out of habit, just like you. Then they share this long work uh, look, and then... Uh, it, uh, Eleanor says, geez, you tricky little devil. Oh, yeah, vest. It's like behind Michael. Vest. Uh, vest. Uh, I can't see. It's like vest. O O N E R Y. Vest ordinary. Just a small sign. But she, she goes, oh, you tricky devil. Uh, uh, she goes, you put me in charge of stuff on purpose. Uh, like you led me to this leadership role. Yeah, then it's just, it's just time to help uh, Simone and Chidi get together. Uh, this is going to be very, very tough and painful. Uh, and then we have like a really, uh, uh, let's see, really. So they're talking, they're watching Brent. Uh, I think he shaked somebody's hand. But I mean, they talk about Eleanor having to sacrifice her like love of Chidi. Uh, to get Simone and Chidi or Simone into the good place, basically to say, you know, or to get her to the good point, the good place, good points. Uh, so now she's saying, geez, you tricky, uh, tricky little devil poo. You really, and Michael's kind of watching smiles. Yeah. Yeah. 
there's also pinwheels in the background. I saw those pinwheels, pinwheels spinning around. Do you look at my pinwheels, see what I found. That used to be a TV show. Eleanor says, oh boy, I can't not look forward to this cheating Simone thing. She kind of does this thing where she goes, whoa boy, and leans back. Uh, yeah, but then Michael says, you know, you're really the one sacrificing. You're the one with the hardest job. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Then she walks off. Now we have Jason sad. Tahani walks up to him. He's in the garden. Uh, she goes, Jana was in my whole afterlife. Uh, Tahani goes, well, geez, why don't we do my breakup thing? Uh, champagne, listen to Alanis Morissette. Usually I do it at Adele's. Uh, and Jason goes, usually I do something with Mountain Dews, ATVs, and Panda Express. Uh, uh, so Jason says, she's, well, I'm just sad. Uh, uh, I don't know. And then she goes, well, at least you get to go through this with friends. And they give each other a hug. And uh, then he says, I didn't even tell you the worst part about Blake Bortles. Uh, and he kind of, he's, he's sad. Then Eleanor and Chidi are eating together at, like, an outdoor tea cafe or something. And she goes, you remember the Simone? He goes, the third-eye blind super fan that was cutting off people's ponytails? Yeah, he's drinking tea out of a small teacup. And Eleanor says, basically, she works up to it. You and Simone are soulmates. And it's a... She goes, soul, like, in hand, he goes, handmates, uh, uh, complete certainty, Eleanor says, that you and Simone are uh, such, are soulmates, uh, basically. And she kind of can't believe it. Uh, something about bananas? Oh, boy. He, and he says, I have a happy stomachache. Uh, and then he goes, geez, I, I think I have some great books on simulated realities. Uh, uh, like uh, something, a book for my, uh, oh, he goes, I'll, I wonder if I could summon a book for my apartment here. And then Eleanor says, well, good luck. Uh, and he's really happy. He goes, geez, I never fell in love. Uh, and... Uh, Eleanor goes, I know, I do indeed. Uh, and then the book comes and it, you know, meets Chidi. Uh, then uh, Simone is having uh, uh, frozen yogurt or whatever at a, the play, the frozen yogurt place, and Chidi's there. I goes, hey, what's up? She goes, have a fake seat. And uh, Chidi goes, you see, uh, so you don't believe anybody's here. You know, that's a solacism, uh, pretty juvenile for someone with multiple advanced degrees. Uh, and it's impossible to refute, which is convenient. And he says, geez, if this is not real, then like frozen yogurt's not real. Uh, and you could just like have a pro, pro you could walk around all day with frozen yogurt spill on you. And, uh, wouldn't do anything uh, and she goes point taken uh and uh they said she's like uh maybe you shouldn't be such a j-u-r-k you should treat people better just in case they are real and she goes what he goes what do you have to lose by uh, treating other people with kindness and respect uh and she goes oh yeah yeah 
Let's see. So there's kind of talking here. She just got like a nice uh, a coral. I think his shirt would be called coral colored with little stripes. Uh, and Simone really has a nice shirt on before she was kind of wearing more uh, costumes, uh, sleeveless uh, stripes, uh, kind of like, and oh, Eleanor's looking in. She has a sad, then a happy face. Uh, and she walks off. Uh, then we're back at Mindy's for the close of the episode. The obelisk is red. Everybody, it, we have uh, Simone, Chidi, and Brent in the happy emoji side, and just John on the other side. Uh, everybody's on the couch, or, or Jason's on the couch. Just uh, uh, Tahani and uh, Michael. We see actually Michael. If you pause it, you can see Michael's socks. He has like nice striped socks on. But they're sitting in chairs. Uh, Eleanor's standing in front of the bo- board. Uh, let's see. Where, where, let me go to my notes. Uh, Mindy's good news. Uh, uh, something to do, something to good something goodwill. Uh, then they say, "Geez, well, they did fall in love in the other thing." Uh, and uh, then Eleanor kind of makes a joke about it at the end. She goes, "Geez, you know what?" Uh, uh, he gave up. Oh, I guess uh, she, she sits on the couch. This took me a while to figure out, but then I realized she can't swear. She goes, dead ash. Uh, uh, as she points to herself. Uh, uh, then she goes to, to give Jason a high five, but he's still sad. So she goes, come on, man. You can't leave me hanging. Uh, here she goes. She sits down. They go, well, we all know what he gave up. Uh, and she goes, oh, yeah, you know what he gave up. Uh, first, she's serious and thoughtful. Michael, serious and thoughtful. Eleanor nods softly. Like, I think this is where Michael says, you're the one that gave up the biggest sacrifice. And he goes, well, yeah, dead ash. Uh, and then she goes, high five. Jason doesn't do it. Uh, and then he goes, you're right. That's the rules or whatever. And then he high fives her and the episode ends. So that was the episode. And uh, let me uh, gather some facts, and I'll get back to you in a second here. All right. I wanted to run through a couple of things that came up in this episode, 814. Oh, that's the number of our episode. Uh, Girl from Arizona Part 2, Season 4, Episode 2. I think 41, is that what we're on? Uh, solipsism. So for those of you taking the SAT or the ACT or whatever, solipsism, I don't know how to pronounce it, but... Uh, to spell it as S O L I P S I S M. So, like, soul, well, it's not two L's. I was going to say solipsism. Uh, solipsism. Oh, that's how you say it, too? Thanks, brain. But I guess that makes it easy to spell. Solipsism, eh? <laughs> and as Chidi said, it's the idea that only one's mind is sure to exist. Uh, uh, the knowledge of anything out uh, outside of one's own mind is unsure. This is different between what Simone's, uh, some versions, which this is kind of talking about. Simone believes she's in a, that everything's unreal, where some of this is like that it might be unknowable. Uh, so subjective idealism, it talks about, this is all from Wikipedia. Uh, there's metaphysical solipsism. Solipsism. Yeah, they maintain that the self is the only existing reality. Oh, this is kind of what she's dealing with. The external world 
are all representations and have no independent existence. Then there's epistemological solipsism. This epistemological, something like that, you know. That's a variety of idealism, which only directly accessible mental contents of a philosopher can be known. In the external world is an unresolvable question rather than actually false. Uh, further, one can also not be certain to the extent uh, the external world exists independently. So uh, then there's methodology, so methodological solipsism. This is an agnostic, agnostic version. It's it's in opposition to the ecclesiastical one. It entertains that any the point that any induction is fallible, which goes even further to say that if when that what we perceive as a brain is actually part of the external world, but it's only through our senses that we feel the mind. This is definitely not stuff you want to be you want to be sleeping to. Uh, Denial of material existence in itself does not ex- constitute solipsism. Uh, it's a worldview, the solips- solipsistic, metaphysical solipsistic worldview is de- the denial of the existence of other minds uh, since personal experiences. Go ahead, Chidi brought this. Uh, so Descartes is one, George Berkeley. He argued against materialism in favor of idealism uh, as relations to other ideas. So it's a pretty extensive uh, Wikipedia article you could check out, uh, which also brings up what Chidi was going to do in research on was like simulated realities. That's a hypothesis, according to Wikipedia, that reality could be simulated. For example, quantum quantum computer simulation that's indistinguishable from true reality. And we've dealt with this in uh, Star Trek The Next Generation a few times, uh, particularly in the the Sherlock Holmes-style ones uh, with uh, whoever Sherlock Holmes' rival is, of course, whose name I can't... Moriarty, those were some classic episodes. uh. So virtual reality is easily distinguished uh, from the experience of actuality. Participants are never in doubt... uh, that virtual reality is virtual. Simulated reality, by contrast, would be harder to separate. So there's a simulation argument. Uh, Hans Moravec, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Bostrom, Descartes, uh, they extended the examining the probability of our reality being a simulation. I guess my thing, I don't know if Chidi would agree, is like, oh yeah, I guess so, because he says either way, he was talking about solipsism though, but like, why don't you just be nice, uh, be good for goodness sake. It was, oh, that was Even though they say that, that was really, so that's, that's a paradox, I guess, that has nothing to do with anything I'm talking about. Cause that's like Santa Claus is coming to town or something. Right. And the paradox is that kids are you, most of the kids are well, okay. I can only speak for myself, uh, because maybe I only, but, uh, what would be the point of making a sleep? I, I guess this is very anti-solipsism. Like, I make the show for you, right? Do I? Okay, but anyway, 
that song goes, you better be good for goodness sake. Uh, even though it's preaching this, uh, like to be good for, because Santa Claus is coming, right? Computationalism. Anyway, back dreaming, a dream could be thought of a, a type of simulated reality. So this is another very dense uh, for Wikipedia and pretty cool. Like, I mean, if you're looking to do more reading about it, uh, check it out. Uh, Mum's a word is what that Brent said, which uh, is a popular English idiom. It's related to a, a expression used by William Shakespeare in uh, Henry the Sixth, Part Two. Uh, the word "mum" is a slang version of "mommy," which was used between 1350 and 1400 in Middle English, very close to the same meaning. Uh, "Be silent, do not reveal," which is what "mum's word" means to keep quiet. In mum is actually a Middle English word meaning silent, uh, maybe derived from mummer who acts without speaking. Uh, notice the similar word mime, uh, meaning silent actor or imitator. Uh, the origin of the phrase can be traced back to the 14th century in William Langland's narrative poem, Pierce Plowman. Thou mightest bet better metten the mist on the Malvarine halls, then getting a mom of your mouth till money were showed. Uh, it could also be from the 15th century Townley plays. Uh, thou might, uh, okay. And then in King Henry the Sixth, part two, act one, scene two. Seal up your lips and give no words but mum. So that's mum's a word. How about Emma Stone? One of one of my favorite actresses about uh, to be in a movie that's about to come out. Uh, and according to Wikipedia, one of the most 100 in my house, she's probably in the top 10 most influential people. I'm not even kidding. I've seen La La Land maybe. I don't even know how many times. Uh, because my daughter likes it. Uh, but I know I like it a lot, too. Uh, she was in a production of Wind in the Willows, uh, then uh, In Search of the New Partridge Family. Then her film debut d debut was in Superbad, really. And then uh, the movie that the uh, sequel was just coming out to, uh, Easy A, uh, Crazy Stupid Love, uh, The Help, uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and the sequel. She was Gwen Stacy. I didn't see those movies. Now I'm going to have to. And uh, she was in uh, Birdman, which is a great movie. Uh, Cabaret. Oh, Broadway Cabaret. Then La La Land. Oh, Battle of the Sexes. She was uh, Billie Jean King. I enjoyed that one. Uh, the Favorite. Uh, she had that Netflix comedy. In according to just like in the show, she was born in Scottsdale, Arizona. So that's a little bit about it. Uh, well, I didn't I realize I didn't look up anything about the song 25 or 624. So I'll just tell you about that uh, because it's a song by Chicago, I think, or Boston. I think it's Chicago. Uh, and again, like I like Chicago songs. I just never, I was just born a little bit too late to be like where those songs were just on the radio. But one thing I did learn, because I looked it up, I said, oh, I'm going to look this up early. Because he said, what is this song anyway? I like this song a lot. Uh, it's a really good song. 
And uh, 25 or 64 is about writing a song in the middle of the night. And it's like 25 minutes or 26 minutes to four in the morning is when the, like the, the writer of the song, again, this, I guess is, I could look this up and look it up on Wikipedia, but I don't know if it would be as boring. So that's a little, that's another thing. How about we finish out though? Like, uh, as engaging as that was. So what if we finish out with, uh, Oh, well, Arizona came up. So let me just do a quick, couple of quick, uh, facts about Arizona. It's uh, 400 miles by 310 miles. Highest elevation is 12,637 feet. That's Humphreys Peak. Uh, lowest elevation is 72 feet at the Colorado River at the border. More interested in the population. 7 million, uh, about 200,000 people. Uh, and, uh, oh, no, is that the population? Yeah, total. It's the 14th uh, largest state, uh, 33rd in density. And, uh, yeah, it's in, uh, I, I think its time zones are uh, different. Like, uh, it's in, it says UTC, it's in the mountain time zone, according to this. But I don't know about daylight savings time. I do know there's, like, a, a P, P public enemy sign that I really, I really enjoyed. Uh, uh, that's like uh, not favorable towards uh, like uh, certain lawmakers back in the nineties in, uh, in Arizona, uh, and that was on uh, that was after what what album was that? Uh, I could see the cover of it. Uh, uh, not Nation of Millions and not Fear of a Blank Planet, uh, but whatever the one that came out after the like uh, the one that came out in about ninety ninety one. Does that sound right? Uh, I have no idea, Scoots. Oh, thanks, Scoots. So, so that's a little bit about that. Uh, and let's finish up with Laugh Track from Wikipedia, which is a separate soundtrack for a recorded comedy show containing the sounds of audience laughter. Sometimes it's live, recorded in front of a live studio audience. They used to do that. Uh, but a lot of times it implies uh, canned laughter, artificial laughter, fake laughter inserted into the show. Uh, it was invented by sound engineer Charles Charlie Douglas. It uh, became standard in the U.S., uh, dominating primetime sitcoms from the 50s to the 70s. Douglas' laughter decreased in the 80s when they started using stereophonic laughter from rival sound companies. And then when things went to single camera, uh, it was less uh, like uh, used... Uh, they also used it in radio, before radio and television. Oh, yeah, live comedy was in front of an actual audience. Uh, but then they tried to create that feel, so uh, sweetening, film sweetening. In early television, most uh, shows were not broadcast live using single camera, where show, most shows that were not broadcast live using single camera, uh, Whereas performances of actors could be controlled, live audiences could not be relied upon to laugh at the correct, in quotes, moments. Other times, audiences were deemed to have laughed too loudly or for too long, and Charlie Douglas uh, fixed all those incons human inconsistencies. Uh, uh, an editing technique became known as sweetening, in which recorded laughter is used to augment the response of a real studio audience if they did not react as strongly as desired or to de-sweeten audience reaction. 
to remove inappropriate applause uh, and make laughter more in line with the producer's preferred method of telling the story. And again, this is a pretty in-depth like Wikipedia article, so I'll link to that. Uh, and so that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I'll see you in the, in the next good place to sleep. All right, Soul Squatters, I'm out.